0: It's your body's biggest organ. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. The skin is the body's biggest organ, and there are a lot of things that can go wrong with it. With us today to discuss various skin conditions is Dr. Charles Gropper, Director of Dermatology at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Gropper. Thank you. I know we spoke recently about skin conditions like atopic dermatitis and eczema for an article in the upcoming uh, SBH Physician magazine. And you mentioned how diagnosing a skin condition comes down to really playing Sherlock Holmes in many cases. Why don't you start out by telling us about the patient who came to see you complaining of a rash around her mouth that started shortly after Christmas. I thought that was an interesting story.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking about that patient because it, it was a very satisfying case um, in terms of being able to figure out what was going on, which in medicine sometimes we're more successful with, with than other times. Uh, in this particular case, this was around the holiday season, so everybody is fairly cheerful mood for the most part. And uh, a woman came in and said she had a very itchy rash, Around her mouth, and uh, when things are itchy and red and scaly, in general terms, we we put that into a category called uh, eczema, which are generally red and scaly things. And eczema can be just related to dryness. It can be related to irritating substances on the skin. It can be related to people who have a so-called atopic background, meaning things like asthma or seasonal allergies. But it also can be an allergy. So this we looked at this rash, and the woman had a little history of. Uh, well, let me jump ahead to what we did. We said, well, let's be, you know, we, we went ahead and did allergy testing. We did get a little more history first, but I'll come back to that. And it showed two interesting things. It showed she was allergic to, Uh, And the kind of testing we do in dermatology is a little different than what the allergist does. Allergists usually do a kind of testing called type 1 immunity or IgE-mediated immunity, which are looking for internal food, internal allergies to things like, let's say, food or pollen or dust. In dermatology, we more often work with what's called contact dermatitis, meaning people developing eczema-like rashes on the skin as a reaction to things that touch the skin. And we thought about that in this case because it was kind of very well demarcated, almost like a straight line, almost like something had touched her which she was allergic to. So we did allergy testing and it showed two positives. It showed positive to epoxy components found in scotch tape and it showed also allergy to over-the-counter Bacitracin ointment, which a lot of people use. So what the woman had said, again, history was, she got this rash, it was holiday time, it was itchy, she used some Bacitracin she had at home. And as we spoke to her, we realized what had happened. This is what I came to call gift wrap dermatitis. She was making, preparing holiday gifts, and as people often will do, cutting the tape, the scotch tape, with her mouth by chewing on it. Not unusual. And she chewed on it, and as she did that, she was giving herself a reaction on the face. And then she got itchy, and as many people do, when they get an itchy rash at home, they'll grab what's in the the medicine cabinet. And she grabbed vasitracin, and she was allergic to that. So this test showed that she was allergic to two things are involved in this gift wrapping process and the rash got much better by using some topical medications and also avoiding these substances.
0: I know uh, one of the sort of the tools in your tool bag is what you call patch testing. Why don't you explain that?
1: Yeah, so that's what I was just referring to as allergy testing. Again, I mentioned what the allergist does, which is usually a blood test or a pin and prick test type one immunity we do in dermatology is called patch testing. And what patch testing consists of is putting allergens, potential allergens, on the skin, usually on the back, in an orderly array, arraignment. They're arrayed in, in our case, we use the North American Comprehensive Series that we get from dormer labs, which is considered, I think, the best in North America. It comes from Canada. And we uh, have 80 allergens in what's called the North American Comprehensive Series. Uh, This series of allergens is a group of allergens which is updated every year or two by an international panel of experts to try to have within it the most likely things that people are going to be allergic to. We put on these eight patches. Each patch has 10 possible allergens things on them and we leave it on for two days. Contact dermatitis on the skin is something called delayed hypersensitivity. So for example, similar to poison ivy, if you go to the park on a Sunday, usually you don't break out a few hours later, usually break out one or two days later. So in the same way for testing for it, we put the patches on on day one, and then we see people back after 48 hours. And then if they're able, we'd actually like to see them back several more times, but we're looking for reactions. And then if there's a particular one that's positive, we can print out what, what is positive, what they need to avoid.
0: And, and this can be an allergic reaction to anything in the environment, something you eat, something that rubs against you, right? Well,
1: not so much what you eat. Again, okay. the, the internal allergens tend to be more the world of the allergist, more the world of people who get hives. Hives are swellings of the skin, very common, and you know it's a hive if it moves around over 24 hours. If somebody says, comes in and says, I have a hive for the last week, it's, it's probably something else. And that would be more typical for food. Let's say they're allergic to shellfish and they eat that most likely will get hives, swelling right. of the skin, swelling of the lips, which can be dangerous, especially if it interferes with breathing. We're dealing here with the world of eczema. So it's usually a persistent red scaly kind of rash.
0: Now, is that one of the first things you do, patch testing, when, when it's not obvious?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, two of the, the main things we would do, one would be to do a skin biopsy to get a better sense if we're dealing with eczema versus some other condition like psoriasis or something else or, if, or an infection like a fungal infection. But if the history uh, fits eczema um, and at times confirmed by biopsy, then we proceed to doing patch testing to try to delineate if there are particular uh, things that the person needs to avoid being in contact with.
0: Now, there are certain things uh, that are somewhat likely in a place like the Bronx that you see over and over again, correct? I know there's a large uh, rate of asthma here, and that also can impact on one's skin,
1: correct? Right. And, and just in general, we mentioned eczema. So in, in our community, we have a great many people with asthma, and asthma is one of the so-called atopic conditions. Atopic in general terms means... Uh, referring to a group of conditions like asthma, hay fever, seasonal allergies, which leave people in a state of, there's, of being hypersensitive. And one of the kinds of reactions it can get are, is eczema. And eczema are red, scaly, very itchy spots we call papules or plaques, meaning bumps or bigger spots, various parts of the body. Typical areas, especially in younger people, are the folds of the skin, we call the anticubital fossa, the folds of the arms, the popliteal fossa, behind the knees, uh, but can be various areas of the body. And that's eczema or atopic eczema, and it's very common in our community.
0: Is there a time when you should say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this anymore, I should go see a dermatologist? Is there a point in time where it's time to see the doctor?
1: Well, that's always a tricky question. You know, when, when do you need to go to see the doctor? Um, you know, I guess for any medical condition, you need to see a professional. If it's, if it's impacting your health or your life in a way that's significant and which is preventing you from functioning. So for example, people, especially kids with eczema, often they talk about eczema not being a condition or disease just of the child, but of the whole family. It has a great impact on the parents the family, the siblings, because if you really bad eczema, you're going to sleep poorly, it may affect schoolwork. So, you know, if, if something's not getting better, it makes sense to show a dermatologist, if at all possible, you know, to make sure it's the correct diagnosis. And because we do have very good treatments now, which it's a shame that people suffer when they don't need to.
0: There's some new treatments out there, right? Yeah, you know, one of, the,
1: one of the, the, the main treatments in eczema, eczema for decades, was treated primarily with topical steroid medicines. A few other topical anti-inflammatory medicines that weren't particularly potent. In some cases, things like light treatments, some systemic medications, which could be effective, things like methotrexate or cyclosporin, but carried significant side effect risks or requires a significant monitoring. There's been a revolution in just the last few years, the so-called biologic revolution, not just in eczema, in a number of conditions like psoriasis and other systemic conditions like inflammatory bowel disease, arthritis, in which there are new uh, injectable medications that are highly potent and highly focused. One of the new ones is dupilumab, brand name Dupixent, uh, which is a highly effective medication for eczema. I, I think I'd mentioned to you previously, uh, a young man, 17, came with his mother, has been struggling terribly with eczema his entire life since he was an infant. We gave him Dupixent within a few weeks. He was so dramatically better. They, they came back, the mother and the child were literally crying out of gratitude for, for the first time in their life being really significantly better and, and essentially free of eczema. And this was, and also Dupixent has been a, a very safe medicine one of the minor side effects has been dry eyes or conjunctivitis, but mostly it's, it's been very safe, had very few infections, very few side effects. So it's really quite a miracle drug. And there are a bunch of other medications in development for eczema.
0: Are there certain things for for common skin conditions that you can do as far as washing or, you know, environmental protections that, that makes sense that you can do at home basically to minimize a skin condition like eczema?
1: Well, um, a big part of treating eczema is skin care. And a website we often will refer people to as the National Eczema Foundation has very good website-based information for parents, for patients, about how to take care of skin. A big part of eczema treatment has always been to try to repair the skin barrier by using things like moisturizer, avoiding washing, avoiding scratching.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, again, in talking about skin conditions, we can't ignore skin cancer, obviously, especially during the summer. Uh, What are some of your your tips as far as preventing or reducing the likelihood of skin cancer? Well,
1: we we know that most skin cancers are related to exposure to UV radiation, to sunlight over time. And people with skin cancer often say, oh, but I never go in the sun. But often it's cumulative exposure, cumulative damage to the skin related to UV exposure over decades. So it may be from, you know, I used to be at the VA hospital for many years and you would see people who were in their 50s who had had great sun exposure, let's say in the South Pacific in their 20s. And, and it's very damaged skin. So one issue is really to realize that light, sunlight is, is a concern. Uh, I recommend to use sunblock every day, avoid sunbathing, avoid suntanning, uh, try to avoid the middle of the day. And so that those are preventative things. The things you wanna look out for with skin cancer, I always say to people, just in general terms, you wanna look out for things that are not healing, bleeding, very black, changing suddenly. Those are all warning signs. And for those who are interested in learning more about this topic, I would recommend the Skin Cancer Foundation website has excellent information and pictures uh, for general population about what skin cancer is and and what steps can be taken to decrease the chances of developing sun damage and skin cancer.
0: Are there there certain people who are more susceptible to skin cancer?
1: Well, in, in general terms, the fairer your skin, the less melanin it has, the less natural protection it has from the sun. However, skin cancer can occur in any skin type and you know, from the lightest to the darkest skin types. And so it's something at least to be aware of. But in general terms, the fairer the skin, the fairer the eyes, the greater the risk of sun damage and development of skin cancers.
0: Do you recommend that people have um, body checks on an ongoing basis to, pre- to prevent the likelihood of skin cancer?
1: It's a general health recommendation to have a full body exam by a dermatologist once a year if if possible. Over
0: a certain certain age or any age?
1: I would say anybody, you know, over adult, you know, in, as an adult, now it should be more so if you have a history, a family or personal history of skin cancer.
0: And there are different types of skin cancer, right?
1: Right. Just in, in general terms, the three most common kinds of skin cancer are in order of decreasing how how often they occur but also increasing severity in some ways the most common is basal cell carcinoma typically a shiny pearly bleeding non-healing spot uh, basal cell carcinoma is pretty common um, most of the time if treated it does not spread though there are cases where it does so it's important to treat it, it can be disfiguring and if it does spread it can be very aggressive uh, but that's you know, the most common kind, squamous cell carcinoma, which is typically appears as a non-healing crusted red spot Though can look a few different ways. But again, something changing, not healing. And then most serious is melanoma, which is usually, though not always, a very dark colored spot, especially dark brown or black with changing variable colors and shape and changing rapidly. And that's the most serious and the one that of all, is, has the hard highest potential to spread and become fatal, if, if not caught early.
0: And it can occur anywhere on your body, right?
1: It can occur anywhere on the body, um, both sun exposed and non sun exposed areas. More common on sun exposed areas, but it can also be non sun exposed. So something not healing uh, needs to be addressed. I point out you asked before about skin type and a in darker skinned people. A kind of skin cancer, which is more common, is actually, it, well, it's relatively rare, but if it does melanoma does occur, it will sometimes occur around the fingers, and that's a particularly aggressive kind of melanoma.
0: You treat skin cancer, right?
1: Uh, yes.
0: How, how is it typically treated? Well, you know, my role is
1: often one of diagnosis, so we'll typically biopsy things. And to say we treat it, uh, if something's a skin cancer, I will often refer the lesion to a surgeon, either dermatologic surgeon or general surgeon or plastic surgeon, depending on the location and circumstances to make sure the lesion is completely removed. So we treat it in the sense of diagnosis, but as a more medical rather than surgical dermatologist, I tend not to be the final treater of it.
0: Okay, uh, well, thank you, Dr. Gropper. We're running out of time here, but thank you for joining us on SBH Bronx Health Talk. For more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you all for joining us. Till next time.